2: To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect.
1: Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. So for Disability Pride Month, we wanted to do a book about someone with a disability. And we also wanted to do something a bit lighter than we normally cover because the news has been so heavy lately. Mm -hmm. So we're covering Jen Wilde's 2017 book, Queens of Geek, um, which is a super heartwarming coming of age, young adult love story set at a nerd convention. I couldn't really, I don't know exactly how to describe it. Nerd convention is what I came up with. It's it's essentially Comic-Con, but like
2: I was going to say, is it not Comic-Con? It's like they like, even talk
1: about Felicia Day, okay. And I have seen it her at Dragon Con. Well, cause I've been to Comic-Con. Um, this seems like a maybe I'm wrong. This seems like a a Comic-Con on steroids. It seems like Comic-Con meets South by Southwest. Oh. That's what it felt I like. I thought Comic Con was
2: Dragon Con on steroids, and Dragon Con is.
1: No. A lot. Okay, here's my opinion. And I'm going to (laughs) already caveat this. You're going to get a lot of personal stories from me throughout this one because it was like speaking to me and I have a lot of... (laughs) This was Annie encompassed as a young adult novel. Yes, yes. Um, Yeah, so in my opinion, and I know not everyone (laughs) will necessarily agree, Dragon Con is more about like fans and cosplay. Comic Con is much more... um, commercial so it's got like bigger usually has bigger names like bigger announcements companies do big announcements like like there's the right. a zombie maze in this one um there was something like that when i went but the wait is like four hours like you everything to do is like four to five hour wait it's just they do talk about that in the book they do they do indeed and they got their special passes, so they got to go yes. up to the front. For a couple of things. For, yes, yes. <laughs> and you get it right. Okay. Oh, yeah. I've got to get it right. I've got to get it right. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's <laughs> closest to Comic-Con, but maybe it's just because my experience at Comic-Con, I didn't get to do most of this stuff. Maybe that's why oh. I was kind of like... So your sp-
2: experience would have been if you had a love interest, ah. uh, you could have been uh, yes. Taylor. Because Taylor just pretty much waited the entire time Mm -hmm. and then had an experience with a contest, which would be your experience. I feel like maybe I'm wrong. So and they just stood in line and or flirted with their best friend.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah, I I definitely, as I said, there were so many things where I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But also, this is a very, it's a nice read because it's Mm -hmm. like, it's very, very sweet. And that's very lovely. Like things turn yeah. out well, but there, are, you yes. know, obviously certain things where I was like, "No, it doesn't work like that." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was I'm was so
2: traumatized that I did not expect this to have a happy ending. Maybe happy either. <laughs> it
1: was nice. It has a happy ending, everybody. Um, yeah, and it's it's very it's a very quick and easy read, and it features characters with disabilities, people who are queer, women of color, and diverse body types. And uh, originally, the author, Jim Wilde, started posting fanfiction on Wattpad in 2012. And you can still find this story, I think. And here's a quote from the author. To all the Wattpadders out there, thank you, thank you, thank you. When I posted my first story to Wattpad in 2012, I had no idea it would lead to this. But it's safe to say I wouldn't be here without you. Your excitement over the imaginary worlds I write about gave me the courage to pursue writing as a career. I wish I could hug each and every one of you. And I sent this to Samantha beforehand in the best way possible because I've read amazing fan fiction. When I was reading this, I was like, I wonder if this is a fan fiction. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> Obviously, like they, she would definitely know what that is. And then the, her love for a famous character, fictional fam, famous character mm-hmm. in here, I feel like Yes. She knows this love. She oh, knows yes. this love. Mm-hmm. So Wilde is bisexual, autistic, and has anxiety, uh, as well as a nerd. And a lot of that informed her writing and especially the character of Taylor. It's obvious. I'm guessing as she's gotten more famous, she understands the character of Charlie a little more, especially how she feels like connected to the fans, Mm -hmm. which you don't always hear. So that's interesting Mm -hmm. to me. So in a QA and a about writing this book, Wilde says, quote, I was angry with the constant sexism, racism, ableism, homophobia, and general bigotry I'd witnessed both in my life and online. As an autistic bisexual girl with anxiety, I was angry that people like me were either represented in media as burdens or the butt of a joke, and that's if we're represented at all. I was angry that society wants to put me in a box or stereotype me and my friends. And I'm still angry about all that. Just like Taylor, I have trouble verbally expressing my emotions, so I deal with it the best way I know how. Writing. And yeah, it's that very, like... She put that feeling on the book for these
1: characters, for sure. Yes. Yes, indeed. And I, I really, really enjoyed it. And it reignited my, my desire to read Fangirl and the resulting fan fiction novels she wrote about the fan fiction in Fangirl, <laughs> which we talked about in our fan fiction episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that might be a summer read for me. Uh, but okay, let's talk about the plot. This book follows a group of three friends during one weekend at SuperCon, which they call their holy grail of conventions, which, yeah, essentially Comic-Con, but more. The friends in question are Taylor, Charlie, and Jamie, who are about to graduate high school in Australia. And it has um, an alternating POV structure between Taylor and Charlie. Taylor is autistic, anxious, and curvy, and a huge fan of the Queen Firestone series, while Charlie is a Chinese-Australian content creator and actor who recently had a big break in a movie, um, and also a very public breakup with her co-star Reese Ryan after he cheated on her and humiliated her. Um, She is signed on to be in the sequel of her breakout film, The Rising, which is a zombie film, and through that, she got all of them passes to Supercon which SuperCon is in L.A., by the way. Uh, and the friends, all of whom are planning on moving to L.A. after graduating, travel to the U.S. for the convention. While the atmosphere overwhelms her, Taylor is determined to meet her hero, Skylar Atkins, who wrote the Queens of Firestone books that transformed Taylor's life and helped her deal with her anxiety and undiagnosed autism. She was recently diagnosed when the book was written. Um... She proudly dons her self-made cosplay and waits in line to meet Skylar, believing that if she can do this, if she can meet her, she can do anything. But Skylar has to leave abruptly. Devastated, her best friend and very obvious crush, Jamie, (laughs) tries to convince her to enter a sort of biggest fan contest where the prize is hanging out with Skylar and going to the after party with her and also the premiere Um, of the next movie, but Taylor has a panic attack at just the thought of it. Uh,
2: Meanwhile, Charlie is doing a lot of publicity and learns from her publicist, Mandy, that her ex is coming to Supercon when he wasn't originally supposed to. And the studio wants her to pretend they are back together. Charlie refuses, but agrees to pretend they're on good terms. She meets a creator and actor she's long idealized, named Alyssa, and there's an immediate spark between them. Uh, They have lunch, promises to do a YouTube collab together.
1: Yes. Um, Taylor and Jamie... Uh, explore the convention and Jamie runs into a girl she'd met waiting in line to see Skylar named Josie and Josie shows her the comic that she made about an autistic superhero and they have a very vulnerable moment together and Josie really inspires Taylor um and Taylor by the way is posting about her experience on Tumblr this whole time um Taylor joins a group of Queen Firestone cosplayers and meets Brianna who convinces her to participate in the ultimate fan competition Charlie and Alyssa do their collab together and end up kissing at the end. Um, Charlie says she's going to edit that bit out and Alyssa asks Charlie out to dinner. Charlie agrees, but because she's scarred by the very public nature of her relationship and breakup with Reese, um, the fans ship them as Chase and pretty much everyone keeps asking Charlie if they're gonna get back together. Uh, Charlie wants to have their date privately. Alyssa is hurt by this, not wanting to be a secret, but ultimately agrees after Charlie explains. And she takes Charlie to the closed con arcade where they play games, have a picnic, make out, and then go back to the hotel to have sex. Um, later, we find out that Alyssa's ex-girlfriend wouldn't go public with her even after almost two years. Pretended like she didn't know Alyssa when they saw each other for the first time at a friend's funeral after they broke up. Um, and she was with another woman. Um, also, Alyssa's super into STEM and astronauts. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know, I am very confused and maybe it's because at that point, I didn't understand. I don't know why. I don't think they, they have a descriptor of Alyssa. I'm guessing she's a black mm-hmm. character. Yes. Uh, was that the reason why the ex-girlfriend was trying to hide her? Because obviously she wasn't afraid to come out as
1: mm-hmm. gay because she
2: had a girlfriend and still didn't acknowledge her at that point, who was famous at this point, right?
1: Yes, I believe so. She. I, I was very confused. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Could be.
2: Anyway. This is one of the small holes. Great book. I just was <laughs> confused by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Taylor almost backs out of the first part of the superfan contest, which is the cosplay contest. Uh, but Brianna, the woman she met earlier, promises her they'll stick together. Um, Taylor misses her mark, but makes the final cut to the second part of the competition, the trivia contest, as does Brianna. Charlie invites Taylor and Jamie to sort of a press event at a zombie maze. And uh, Charlie's movie was a zombie movie, which I didn't realize until like later on either. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, with Reese and Charlie and Reese have a fight while Taylor and Jamie kiss and make out. Mm-hmm. However, Taylor panics and spirals thinking about what this means. Was it a one-time thing or she doesn't know how to be a girlfriend and Charlie and her have a talk that led to uh, Taylor and Jamie reconciling and Conversating and realizing, oh, this is what's happening, communicating,
1: mm-hmm. and then kiss- kissing some more. Yeah. And then Taylor goes to the trivia contest and overhears another contestant calling her Queen Fat Stone. So she retreats to the bathroom, writes a Tumblr post about it, and overhears Brianna having a panic attack and helps Brianna get through this panic attack. And Brianna reveals she had a stutter. And is thinking of dropping out of the contest. And Taylor shares that she herself was terrified at the cosplay contest and would have left if not for Brianna. Both realize that perhaps confidence isn't what they think it is or doesn't look like they think it does and go out to compete. It comes down to Brianna and Taylor, but Taylor gets tongue tied and Brianna wins. Um, Though both are very supportive of each other, supportive of each other throughout. I
2: I love that throughout the book because I really. Was on at the very beginning. I was like, oh no, yeah. oh, here we go. This girl's gonna be famous and then she's gonna shun mm-hmm. her friends. And that never happens. But you know, within that scene, what I really loved is yes, this girl, these two girls are talking about her, and one of the girls call her Fat Stone. The other girl gets mad yeah. and leaves and says, how dare you? That is so mean and walks off. That is rare yeah. of a scene. And I like that she
1: did it that way. I do I will too. Say they were so, because we're so used to seeing like,
2: yeah, girls against girls. Ready. I was Just so like, <laughs> like
1: ready for it. And it was like a relief. I'm like, oh. Right, it
2: really was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was genuinely quick scene. And I know the focus was that she was called bad, but I loved that part of the mm-hmm. girl who's like not having it. She was like, you're mean. Yeah. Why would you say that and walk off? And I'm like, wow. Yes. That's not how I saw that playing out. Mm-hmm. So nice wild <laughs> um, but while Charlie was watching the contest uh, being supportive she found out Mandy Rutt-Row had accidentally posted the unedited video of her and Alyssa kissing and now the world knows and they're trending Charlie has to go to a damage control meeting with Reese who by the way has already insulted Taylor uh, insulted Charlie and then punched Jamie sucker punched Jamie at a party earlier and is so over it uh, she tells Mandy that after this she refuses to do any press with Reese anymore and Mandy Mandy backs her up 100% and gives her extra passes to the Supercon after party as a way of saying I'm sorry Mm -hmm. and then Charlie goes to tell Alyssa what happened and they have a serious DTR do you know what
1: I'm I'm the one who told you this right yes I love it Uh,
2: DTR defining the relationship Mm -hmm. uh, that leaves Charlie confused and in tears yes
1: and then yeah I know because I was writing this out and I was like oh I think I I could use that term Samantha taught me (laughs) thank you I'm learning I'm learning Um, (laughs) Taylor and Jamie have a DTR of their own when they get stuck in an elevator together and they're both honest with their worries and hopes for the future and their relationship and their history Um, they open up about what they love about each other and Taylor describes her experience with autism and anxiety Uh, they make out until the elevator starts working again they reunite with Charlie, who reveals she's dealing with fear over her relationship with Alyssa, and Taylor gives her a pep talk. Charlie decides on a grand romantic gesture, and at the after party, plays a video proving to Alyssa that she's serious and doesn't care what anyone else thinks. Alyssa runs to find her in the arcade, and they make out some more. And then Brianna introduces Taylor to Skylar. Uh, their hero <laughs> um, who is very kind and down to earth and blushes at Taylor's praise and Taylor is over the moon Taylor then introduces Skylar to Jamie and Josie and later with Charlie and Alyssa they party till the sun rises the end
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I do love that they end uh, Wild ends it on uh, Taylor doing a Tumblr post and then cuts it
1: hmm
0: So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
1: Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit
2: tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. This was a whole, and I don't know if we're going to talk about it, but it was an overall sweet take uh, at something that, and I have had these moments, and I don't know about you. I know, actually, I do know about you. <laughs> uh, that like there are events that stick in your memory as being some of the. Best moments of your life and wishing that you could just hold on to it and grasp it forever. And then them ending in the photo booth, uh, taking all of this memorable pictures and memorable moments, mm-hmm. but also having like Charlie and Taylor really honing on each other because it also made me sad. I'm like, oh, when y'all leave,
1: yeah,
2: <laughs> high school is everything, especially if she goes on to stardom,
1: mm-hmm.
2: especially if Charlie goes on to her stardom, like, yeah. It's going
1: to change. It is going to change. It. Yeah, And that was a big theme throughout the book. Um, and we are going to talk about that. But um, there were so many relatable things throughout this. And one of them was, yeah, like when uh, Taylor gets to the convention, she's like, it's going to be so fun. We're not going to worry about anything. It's only going to be fun. And trying so hard to make it fun. And then all of these things are like upsetting or don't go the way you think they do or yeah and all that and it was i felt that very much but it was Mm -hmm. lovely that in the end it it worked out (laughs) it was nice right
2: (laughs) right it was nice to see that perfect little ending Mm -hmm. but i feel like uh and again there are those moments that will just Like, you have that emotion. You might not even remember everything that happened. Mm -hmm. You just know you have that heartwarming feeling about that time. And that's what this moment felt like, especially because it was like a week, maybe, span that they did all of these giant, lovely things that really uh, cultivated their character. Love that Jamie's character was so kind and understanding. Also, in my head, I'm like, huh. That's not always gonna happen either. Like <laughs> I'm such a negative person sometimes with this. Uh, but I think it was really sweet. And it was, it was nice, like, oh, this is a good YA read. Like, there's definitely a lot of like YA novels are dystopian and sad and dramatic yeah. that I'm like, this is good.
1: This is good. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. Because like I said, I had the same thing where right? I kept waiting for the like shoe to fall the bad thing to happen. Yeah. And there was plenty of like drama and things went wrong, but nothing ever went seriously wrong. And the friends like stuck right. together and were supportive of each other. And it was very, very nice. <laughs> it was
2: yeah, nice. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was a good change from what we did. It was. Um but I
2: also like everything about it is her way of describing the anxiety mm-hmm. and the autism, uh the mind. Uh, how her mind plays out during these times, I felt was so relatable. Mm -hmm. Too relatable. I feel like I've had these conversations when I talk to people about ADHD and all of these things. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I need you to stop reading my mail. Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like it was really an amazing perspective. I think she did it very realistically. I felt right on. I did have a moment of panic at one of those chapters. I listened to this on Audible. So by the way, if you have a chance, I know reading the book is classic and I love it, but hearing them in like the with the Australian accent and understanding where they're coming from and then like the voices that they do, they found perfect characters, I felt like, to really bring this to life in a different way than if I had just been reading it and hearing the voices in my head. Mm-hmm. But like at one point when she was describing one of the things that she was going through in the back and forth, I almost had a panic attack myself because yeah. it was too real and too on point that i was like (sighs) okay yeah so i need you to stop doing that because i like my i was like i am i'm starting to put me to the point that i can't breathe i'm 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 gonna get to that point um Mm -hmm. so it was a little too real Mm -hmm. i will give you that uh but that made it even better as i as because when she calmed down i calmed down with her like i was like but oh oh that was a minute. That yeah. almost triggered me into having a, a little bit of an anxiety uh, moment too. But but like it was that on point mm-hmm. in what she was saying and how she was describing it as well as like just being able to play it out. But also normalizing the relationships and normalizing um, this having conversations with each other and trying to work through things instead of just in your head. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, yeah, she does a great job in normalizing the cute romances that are happening without it feeling like it's, uh, you know, mm-hmm. kitschy.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, there's definitely, as I said, there are the Tumblr posts throughout. So there's a, a couple of different writing styles throughout. But when she does sort of her panic or anxiety moments, they're written sort of differently and they they do take you out and they they make you feel it, like, Yeah, I I had moments too where I was like, wow, I'm really, this sounds like something I've experienced. Um, Yeah. Yes. Yes. So we did want to read a quote from the book about that. Most people think of anxiety as panic attacks. That's not entirely accurate. I haven't had a panic attack in years. I started to recognize the signs and learned what I needed to do to stop it from spiraling. I learned how to internalize it to avoid public embarrassment. Anxiety is an attack that explodes out of me. It's not a volcano that lies dormant until it's triggered by an earth-shattering event. It's a constant companion, like a blowfly that gets into the house in the middle of summer, flying around and around. You hear it buzzing, but you can't see it, can't capture it, can't let it out. My anxiety is invisible to others, but often it's the focal point of my mind. Everything that happens on a day-to-day basis is filtered through a lens colored by anxiety. That nervousness that makes your palms sweat and your heart race before you get up and make a speech in front of an audience, that's what I feel in normal conversation at a dinner table, or just thinking about having a conversation at a dinner table.
2: Um, And yeah, going on, she says, everything feels like I'm on stage, spotlight on me, all eyes on me, watching, judging. Like I'm one second away from total disaster. It's invisible, it's irrational, it's never ending. I could be standing there smiling and chatting like everything is totally fine while secretly wanting to scream and cry and run away. No one would ever know. And in my mind, no one can hear me scream. I hide it because I know it's not understood or acceptable because I'm not understood or acceptable. So here I am am Hiding it, standing in a toilet stall, trying to remember
1: how to breathe. Yes, yes, and this this is one that I feel like I really connected to, and we've been talking about this through the pandemic. We were just talking about it. Like mm-hmm. for me, it's gotten worse. Where it does when I'm talking to somebody in my head, there's like panic, like oh god, what are you gonna say next? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? And I think I even talked about it recently about how I went out to a restaurant and I just felt like everyone was looking at me. And I know they weren't, but I just was like so uncomfortable in my body. It's like, oh, everyone can see me. Am I being awkward? Oh, I'm being so awkward. It's just, it does kind of consume a lot of your energy and attention. Yeah, yeah. and I, as I said at the top, I do have a lot of specific convention stories to a lot of this. And one Mm -hmm. was, I, I remember very clearly, there was a time I was waiting in line for something dressed as Catwoman and I told my ex that I felt like I was one second away from having a major breakdown most of the time and that I hated having people look at me and he was so shocked Um, and he was like, well, why the hell do you do this then? Like, what is this? I would never have said that about you. And I was like, well, it's this mask that I put on but I'm telling you the outward doesn't necessarily match what's going on inside. (laughs) Um, in a weird way, though, like, for me, uh, wearing a costume sometimes makes it better because I feel like I'm someone else. Right. Uh, and it can go reverse because, as I've talked about at length, people can be creepy at conventions. But in general, if people are leaving me alone, sometimes I can actually feel better in costume. Something else... That was mentioned What were things like PTSD and autism, as we said. Um, and there's like a pretty great scene where Josie meets Taylor and they have that talk. Um, and Josie says, Medication and therapy are great. I tried natural therapies too, yoga, acupuncture, medication, aromatherapy, and a lot of it helped me relax. But it wasn't until I joined a few fandoms online and started taking illustrations seriously that my anxiety really started to become easier to manage. It sounds so cliched, but once I started doing more things that made me happy, it made everything else a little easier to deal with. I hold my palms up. Wait, are you saying that geeking out helps you cope? She nods like nothing else. And this is something we've talked about too. This is, this is true for me. Um, like using fan fiction and media, I love to get through trauma. Um, and we've talked about that, uh, how for some people that, ha- that is really beneficial. And for some people, like finding your online community of other mm-hmm. fans has been really, really helpful. And, and fan fiction is a place where you can do that. There are other places too. But yeah, just like art or writing or whatever it is, kind of helping you work, work through things. And that's something in my therapy, my therapist is always like, well, clearly writing is mm-hmm. your thing. So like just as much as you can write, um, do it. Uh, and I, yeah, as I've said, my fan fiction, my quarantine baby, I mean, it's like 500, 600 pages now. <laughs> that's just <laughs> therapy for me. <laughs> uh, and then I started playing D&D, as I said, to, to deal with PTSD. So, yeah, that just really hit home to me. I know that's not for everyone and it doesn't work for everyone, but it is something that, for me, I was like, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Keeping busy. I you know a lot of people like that. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's also the queer representation in this book, and perhaps specifically bisexual representation, which we talked about. Uh, doesn't You don't see a lot of that. Um, but the character Charlie identifies as bisexual. Uh, and you do see a lot of what I'm assuming, because Wilde, the author, also identifies as bisexual. You see a lot of the, like, really sh- comments about bisexuality people often get when they say they're bisexual. For example, mm-hmm. when... Reese says he doesn't believe it's real when Charlie tells him she's bisexual, and then he asks her, have you ever been with a girl? And Charlie has that kind of insecurity of, she's never been with a girl. And this is a quote from Charlie about her sexuality. The moment I first realized I'm into more than one gender was a quiet one. It was sudden and almost anticlimactic, so it's not a particularly exciting story. I was 14, and by that time, I'd had more than one crush on a girl, mostly movie stars. But I never interpreted my feelings as a crush. I just thought I admired them a whole lot. It didn't occur to me that those feelings were similar to the way I feel about guys I liked. I saw a post on Tumblr with the title, You Won't Believe These Actresses Are Bisexual or Something Stupid Like That. I didn't really know what it meant at the time, so I googled it. It didn't take long to recognize myself in many of the articles I found. And that was it. But I've never actually been with a girl before. I've never even flirted with a girl before. This is all so new, and I'm not sure if I'm reading too much into this. Are we having lunch as friends, or could this be something more? Yeah, And I related to that, too, because yeah. i that's essentially what happened to me. I didn't know bisexuality was a thing. And then I learned what it was, and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I did have a crush yeah. on both Scully and Mulder.
2: <laughs> oh. Yeah. So out of curiosity, kind of out of left field, but uh, does Tumblr still exist? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it is really, really big
1: in the fan fiction world. Oh, okay. But in fan fiction, a lot of times, the author will put at the bottom, like, here's my Tumblr. And that's where you can find, like, artwork that they've done, our gifts that they've made, or oh. challenges that they do, where they're like, it's what was one recently it a Darth Vader Luke exchange. But anyway, then everybody's writing all the... That's the day I, I texted you and I was like, so much fan fiction is updating. What's happening? <laughs> it's because somebody posted on Tumblr a challenge and everyone was like, okay.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, I kind of forgot because one of the things I kept thinking was this was based 2017, 2018, five years ago. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't even think they mentioned TikTok, do they?
1: I don't know. I don't think so, no. Yeah.
2: I'm like, wow, like it's already kind of changed. The the like mediums have changed since then. And I'm like, I wonder what it's going to look like. This book's going to look like Mm -hmm. in even 10 years. Uh, But I did wonder that because I was like, is Tumblr still around? Because I can't remember mm-hmm. what's still around. That's how old I am. <laughs> no, you're welcome. Vines aren't. I know they're not. I got. I got that part. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, you know. Thank you. I, I, I now know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Again, yeah, we talked about this earlier. I was excited to see the true friendships that happened, and then women supporting women, and no one taking anybody down except for that one nasty girl, which you know, I'm like. She definitely had to put that in. But outside of that, really, even, again, that one girl who talked to the other girl, and the other girl was defending Mm. uh, Taylor. It was like, what? That was lovely to see. And it was nice to see throughout because they really cared and loved for each other. Uh, The fact that Charlie was thinking about not wanting to leave out her friends, um, thinking about how much she loved her fans, how amazing they were. like It it was really nice to see. Mm -hmm. Here's another part about that. I rub a hand over the back of my head trying to figure out how to explain it. Like, sometimes I don't think I'm being a girl, right? I have an undercut and wear clothes I've bought from the boys' section and I don't wear makeup or do my nails. I watch horror movies and play video games, burp and swear and don't talk about my feelings or any of that crap. I'm like Sandra Bullock in Miss Congeniality only before the makeover. So, Charlie shrugs, Gracie Hart rocks. Besides, there's no way to be a girl, Tay. You don't need to fit yourself into what society tells us a girl should be girls can be whoever they want whether that's an ass-kicking sarcastic crime-solving FBI agent or a funny gorgeous witty beauty queen or both at the same time and she swings an arm around me and pulls me in are you happy the way you are are you comfortable do you feel like yourself the corner of my mouth lifts into a half smile yes yes and and yes then that's all that matters f*** everything else Yeah, yeah that was a good line
1: yeah, um, and I really liked that too because um, Taylor and Charlie are kind of opposites in a lot of ways and mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. how they look and what they like. But they're just like still so close and they know each other so well, so they know how to like pump each other up. Uplift each yeah, other. Yeah, they know how to uplift each other. Um, and I like there's a scene where Charlie is talking about like her sex life. And Taylor's like, mm-hmm. oh, I, you know, I've never done it. And it's like very sex positive both ways. Like, yeah, neither yeah. one of them shames each other or is ashamed of it, um, which I thought was really refreshing too. Yeah. Um, and then I, again, like we've talked about this a lot, but it was really nice that they met so many supportive people at this convention You had Josie helping Taylor, Brianna helping Taylor, then Taylor helping Brianna, um, and then Brianna helping Taylor again. It's just, yeah. (laughs) And then Mandy, like, even though she made that mistake, she wasn't demonized at all. And then Charlie um, being so supportive of Taylor and Taylor being so supportive of Charlie. um, Almost all the women are incredibly beautifully supportive of each other. Um, and are there for each other, and are being truly happy for each other. Because I thought there was going to be some... Because Charlie kept getting pulled away. So I thought there was going to be some, like, resentment. And there never was. It was all like, no, go get it. You go to do what you have to do. We'll be here. We'll hang out after or whatever. That was nice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And uh, I know... This is, you know, quite a nice portrait. But I do have people who have met people at conventions and they're like some of their best friends. And they were very supportive of each other. And I do have like a set of convention friends. And it's nice. Like every... You do? Yeah, every time. Like, oh, I gotta go meet up with this person and this person and this person. To be fair, you have a little drama every now and again. Oh, yes. (laughs) 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 I do. (laughs) but still overall pretty good yeah it's still fun you have the best time I do
2: but I'm just saying I do yeah
1: I love the story I mean I've got I've got my like core group of friends that are like all year round friends and they'll they kind of interpret things for me they're like this guy no <laughs> he's just trying to get a date with you or something so no not that one so that's I the got, I got my backup crew they're there you do. and I'm there for them and we always have a good time yeah yeah it is exhausting though Tennessee just sounds perfect, whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure.
2: To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee
1: sounds perfect. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise, all things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands That, yeah, that was one of my favorite parts of the book is there's so much nerddom and so much fandom. There's so many references. There's cosplay, there's fan fiction, there's Star Wars, The Last of Us, Supernatural. Um, and it is really accurate uh, depiction, I think, of of cosplay. Like I was, like when they would be like, you know, you see this character next to this character and this character next to this character. That's one of my favorite things. So you could tell mm-hmm. that Wild was very familiar with the convention scene. Mm-hmm. There was some elements of toxic fandom. It wasn't too much, but there was. And then, yeah, the whole Meeting Your Heroes thing, I was so on edge about that. When she finally Mm -hmm. met Skylar Atkins, I was like, oh, what if she's terrible? And, you know, might not be the most realistic thing, but she was lovely, and that was nice. (laughs) 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 Um, The beginning when the ill-advised plan where Jamie's like, let's just chase her down the hall... Um, I accidentally had a moment like that once with Summer Glau, who I wasn't trying to meet or anything, but I was, there's a walk of fame at Dragon Con where you can get people's autographs. And I just walked in, I didn't realize it was closed. Um, And she was in there with like security guards and I almost got in some serious trouble, but I was just like, oh, no, 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 I didn't know, I didn't know. (laughs) Back up, (laughs) I swear, I'm not a creep. There's a lot of stuff about the power of entertainment and the impact it can have on people's lives. Um, You know, Taylor is saying, like, this transformed my life. This helped me get through anxiety. Uh, I did really love when Charlie's signing the autographs and she sees all the people in line and is, like, wants to be there and sign things for them and meet them. Like, really loving the fans. I love that. In Charlie's story, there is a lot of stuff about the double standard for women in entertainment. Like, in interviews, she's constantly getting asked about how she stays in shape, about her ex. Uh running in skinny jeans was something she had to do. Running in heels was something she had to do for the movie. She was told by the director to run sexier. And meanwhile, Reese is getting like serious questions about how he acts. And then Reese himself accuses Taylor. Essentially, he says, like, you'll have to sleep your way to the top and be less of a bitch, both. So there was that. Then there was the fat phobia element: Taylor feeling uncomfortable in her own body, the Queen Fat Stone. Comments. Um, so after she heard that, she posted this on Tumblr in the book. Um, maybe you or someone out there will see this and think twice before you make an offhand comment about a body that belongs to someone else. Fat, chubby, curvy, overweight, plus size, whatever you want to call it. Those words don't have to be insults. I'm not offended by the word fat, even though you said it like it was the worst thing ever. I don't care what some random person thinks about my body. I like my body, but it's not the most interesting part of me. If you judge me based on the way I'm shaped, then you miss out on how awesome I am, and I am awesome. I love wearing my Queen Firestone cosplay. I feel strong in it. I feel powerful. I feel beautiful. Your fleeting superficial judgment won't change that. I love that, I love that. It can be hard, it can be hard to hold on to those. feelings Mm -hmm. um, when you hear something like that and when I mean a convention is a space where you especially if you're a woman you're gonna feel like a lot of judgment and it it kind of comes from both ways because it comes from people who are there who are awesome in cosplay but like my aunt used to just really make fun of me (laughs) for cosplay Mm. so it can be hard to kind of be positive about yourself and your experience and how you feel in your cosplay and how you feel in your body, but I loved that. I thought it was great. Yeah, it was. Um, and to go
2: back to the double standard part, Charlie says in the book, this is the third interviewer in a row who's asked Reese an in-depth question about his job as an actor and then asked me about my workout and diet regimen. I want to tell this guy to ask me something else, but I don't want to look like a bitch or get in trouble with a studio, so I grin and bear it yet again.
1: Yeah, there's that like looking like a bitch worry. Mm-hmm. And they were also kind of holding over her that they would cut her out of the sequel. Um, yeah. She didn't, she didn't comply. Yeah, yeah. So that was throughout and I liked at the end where Mandy was like, no, I'm going to put a stop to this. They I can't this. do this without you. Yeah. You're you're right. the star. Because that was another thing was Reese was the star of the first one and she was kind of like always behind him and in the sequel she's supposed to be the star. Um, so her kind of coming into her power and realizing like, no, I am the star and you can't just cut me out. Right. So that was good to see. And then as you mentioned, Samantha, it, this is a, a lot of ways a coming of age story. Um, and I think it captured it really well that like kind of, oh, we're all about to go to university. We don't know if we're all going to go to the same university, what we're going to end up doing, where we're going to end up being. And that being a very scary and emotional time, like I, I really connected with that. Um, And here's a quote, in movies, college changes everything. Couples break up, people change, friends stop hanging out, friends stop hanging out. That's what really scares me. Mm -hmm. And that's I felt that too. And it's one of those things where it's natural and it makes sense, but it's still scary. And I'm somebody who like, I want to hold on. If I like you, I do not want to let you go, but I know it will happen and I'll try to fight it as long as I can. But it's just, yeah, some things feels inevitable. Like it's going to change. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's definitely one of those big moments of knowing life has changed Mm -hmm. and life is changing. It'll never be back this way again. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have some fond memories. I honestly don't have any childhood friends but one or two. Mm -hmm. uh, Any of my high school friends because... (laughs) small towns, uh, conservative towns, and then you come out and you do your different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's a landmark time for an individual, for sure, especially if you've been in this route of loving high school, finding your group, and then
1: growing up. And what does that mean? Right. Yeah. And like you said, kind of having this big bookend event and feeling at this convention, mm-hmm. um, and all these conversations about what the future is going to look like, and sort of embracing that. Yeah, I just I felt like yeah, that captured that feeling very very well. Oh, things are changing. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, and then there was also, yes, a lot of romance throughout. And I was like, woo, quick. Lots of spiciness. Lots. Yeah, I was like, wow, we're just jumping in. Because I immediately was like, oh, Taylor has a crush on Jamie. Jamie has a crush on Taylor. Okay. Like first chapter, right. I was like, okay, got it. And then, Immediate flirting. And then Charlie, I think two chapters in, I was like, oh, I was like, you're going for Alyssa. Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah, It moves quick. Uh, like the whole book moves very, very quickly. It's a buildup to it. Mm-hmm. And then there was, yes, the whole element of Charlie being asked to be in a showmance with Reese, which she did turn down. But everyone was asking. Everyone was asking if they're going to get back together, if Chase is going to get back together. He was pushing for them to get back together for the fame, pretty much, um, for the ship. Uh, But that was interesting because we just talked about this um, Mm -hmm. when we did our kind of Hollywood and women episode. And this was sort of an example of how it can be a negative experience for somebody when your relationship is so public and you've got fans shipping your relationship and how tricky that would be. And they're, they're 18 in this book, so that's yeah. pretty young to have to deal with that. Yeah,
2: I'm not going to lie. As a 47-year-old, I was like, this feels like I'm not supposed to
1: read this part because <laughs> they're so young. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Interestingly, uh, I did read a lot of reviews that said like Reese was really one-dimensional that I thought were interesting. It was like, oh, he has no reason for being a douche. But I feel like that was the point was he was like, that guy exists. I promise you that guy right. exists. Right. And I feel like there's plenty of times where women are like that and no one questions it. Um it was like people were coming to Reese's defense, and I was like, why?
2: <laughs> why? Because he had one moment of being like, I miss you. But then he was immediately a jerk after that. Right. No, but Before that. Mm-hmm. Immediately before that. Mm-hmm. Literally sucker punched somebody after calling her a slut, but saying, like, I miss you. What? Yeah.
1: yeah. I just thought that was interesting. Um, yes. And I also just wanted to put in here as we wrap up, I love the... Taylor and uh, Jamie went on what Taylor thought was a date, and Taylor didn't know was a date when they were younger. And I was like, yep, I connect to this. <laughs> Been there. Yes. A lot of people. <laughs> I swear it happens to a lot of young ladies. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But I'm glad, yeah, they seemed like a healthy couple and very supportive of each other, so I'm glad it worked out for them eventually. Yeah. yeah. And I did want to throw in this final thing. I saw a marriage proposal at Dragon Con once, and it was incredibly sweet as Pokemon-themed. And it was very, very, very (laughs) Very cute. cute. Uh, So yeah, it was a very enjoyable read. Um, I, I, I had a great time reading it, and I recommend it. Yes. If you need to have a
2: moment away from all of the sadness in the world, this was very sweet and
1: uplifting. It was. It was. And very nerdy, which...
2: Yeah, and very nervous. They talked
1: about Supernatural. I was very happy. Destiel. <laughs> and <laughs> Destiel was mentioned. Yes, yes, yes. It was really, really fun. It was a really fun read. So check it out. Um, and it's always, if you have any suggestions... For what we should read next, please let us know. You can email us at Stephanie at momstuff at iHeartMedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at stephanie never told you. Thanks as always to our super producer Christina. You are also a hero. Definitely. And, uh, I think you would. She would fit into the nerd realm with us, right? <laughs> Christina, let us know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and thanks to you for listening. Steph never told you's production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.